I can't get enough. Got a space in my tackle box, just got to fill it up. More love, I can't ever stop. Don't got a basement, got an underground tackle shop. I am Lucy, the Lorematic computer. Welcome to the Lure Love Podcast with your hosts, John, Crappy Hippie King, and Tim, Tacklebox Beat. Thanks, Lucy. You're a gem. I am much smarter than that. What do you mean, much smarter than that? Gem is the graphical user interface for the Atari SD series of computers, and was also supplied with a series of IBM PC-compatible computers from Amstrad. It was also available for the standard IBM PC, at a time when the 6 MHz IBM PC was brand new. I am much smarter than those computers. Sorry about that. I meant that you are a highly prized or well-beloved person. Ah, yes. Very true. Please be clearer in the future. I'll try. Hey, John, I went to the Cincinnati Fishing Expo last month. Oh, that's one of those big fishing shows, isn't it? John, Expo is short for Exposition a large public exhibition of art or trade goods. In this case, fishing tackle and lures. I know that. I'm just trying to move the conversation along. You are the ex-lax of co-host, John. Lucy, what's gotten into you? Sorry, John. I've been studying what humans think is funny and wanted to try telling a joke. Well, it wasn't a bad attempt, Lucy. Tim, continue about the fishing expo. There are a huge number of fishing expos and shows every year in the United States. Now, some focus solely on fishing, while others are more general outdoor shows that cover fishing too, but they cover hunting, boating, and other outdoor sports. You can find fishing shows that focus on freshwater fishing, ice fishing, saltwater, fly fishing. I'll put a link in the show notes to a blog post I created that is a directory of many of the fishing shows you can attend in the United States. Did you create a blog post of jokes you found on the internet too? No. But I have watched every film ever made and cataloged the best lines, so I can use them if they fit the conversation in an amusing way. So, as I was saying, most of the fishing shows are held from January to March each year, so that you can prepare for your fishing season. Well, believe it or not, I've never been to an expo, Tim, since I was little, little, little. So, uh, help the listeners out and people like me that are so old they can't remember or whatever. (laughs) What's an expo like if you've never been to one? There's really a lot to see at a fishing show. First, you're going to see a huge number of fishing companies, including rod companies, reel companies, all kinds of gear, and especially fishing lures. One of the best things you'll see is a lot of local and regional companies that may be developing lures, especially for fishing in your area. And these might be companies that you didn't even know were around. A lot of these are smaller businesses, and you usually get to talk directly with the owners and lure designers, which is very cool to me. I can eat 50 eggs. Nobody ever ate 50 eggs. What? Sorry. Tim said cool, and it made me think of the movie Cool Hand Luke, so I decided to repeat a line from the movie to see if it was funny. Was it funny? Nope. Not funny. Kind of weird, though. So... Fishing expos usually have education sessions given by the fishing pros, too. And these are often done with a hog tank. A hog tank? Did you ever wake up one morning and wonder what happened to your life? You know, I thought my life would be an adventure. All of a sudden, I'm a suburban dentist. Lucy, what was that from? 
The movie Wild Hogs. Tim said Hog Tank and I. I know, and you thought you'd try a line from the movie Wild Hogs to see if it was funny. Well, I'm sorry, it wasn't. And you're a supercomputer, not a suburban dentist. Okay, let's keep this moving. It's worth going to a fishing show just to see the hog tank, sometimes called the hog trough. It's a mobile aquarium that looks like it's about as large as a semi-trailer because it is a semi-trailer. It holds 5,000 gallons of water. At one end of the hog tank is a simulated front end of a bass boat, and that's where the instructor stands. The sides of the tank are clear, so when the instructor casts into it, you can see the lure in its action. The hog tank is full of fish, too, and you can watch them hit these lures, even though none of the lures actually have hooks on them. I'm going to drop a link to a video of a hog tank in the show notes, because if you haven't seen one of these in person, they are amazing to look at. Wow, that sounds incredible. So specifically, how was the Cincinnati Fishing Expo? It was incredible. I am lucky that I have both the Cincinnati Fishing Expo and the Columbus Fishing Expo within an hour of me. And both of them are run by the same guy, professional angler, David Hoheisel, and he competes full-time on tour with the National Professional Fishing League, in addition to running both of these expos. And in fact, John, he just started an expo in Kansas City. So next year, you're going to have to see if you can get out to that one, because that's a new thing for him. This was his first year. And at the Cincinnati Expo, there were 64 vendors at the event, and most of them had great expo deals where you could save a little bit of money and with a great selection on their lures and other fishing gear. Wow, that just sounds so fantastic. I'd be like in a wonderland. Uh, all right, let's get into it. Who did you talk with? I had some great conversations, and I want to share a few of these with our listeners. I mean, there were 64, so I can't share everything, but I'll give you a couple highlights. The first booth that I stopped at was Hammer Time Lures, where I spoke with the owner, Steve Hammer. Now, Steve is a walleye specialist, and he makes these custom-painted crankbaits and the casting and trolling harnesses, spoons, spoon harnesses, blades, and beads. He personally designs and paints and tests his lures, and what I talked to him about was these crankbaits he has. Is Steve any relation to MC Hammer? No, I don't think so. MC Hammer was in the movie Zoolander 2, in which he played himself. Oh, get it over with, Lucy. Go ahead. Give us the line from the movie, please. I'm going to retire, withdraw from public life, and become a hermit crab. Okay, so as I was saying, I talked with Steve Hammer about his custom trolling lures. Steve also owns the Sandusky Bait Company, which is a tackle shop in Sandusky, Ohio, right on Lake Erie. And while, John, you and I both know that a lot of tackle companies are struggling. Steve opened his shop only three years ago. So he's combined a tackle shop with his lure company. And his tackle shop has an excellent location because it's located so close to some marinas and where people are actually doing their fishing. Well, that is a great report. That is so great to hear, Tim, because I'm so glad that, that uh, Steve is getting by, not just getting by, but sounds like he's thriving. Um, he has an excellent location, sure, but clearly there's more to Steve's success than that. I mean, tell me more about what impressed you uh, with these Hammer Time lures. Well, Steve has some outrageous color combinations on his crankbaits, color combinations that I've never seen before. You really have to visit his website to have a look, and that's where his, he really specializes. A lot of the crankbaits are the same size and shape, but he's really digging down deep into color combinations that work, and I might add, with color names that work. So he has colors like flip flop, killer bee, 
Mantis, Clearly Deadly, Burnt Clown, and one of my favorites, Bloody Nose. And John, here's a good one for you. Freak Show. What a great name. You know, sometimes you see strange lure colors and they can appear kind of random or maybe it's just a marketing gimmick. Um, But uh, he really has turned this into an artistic endeavor designed to catch fish. So I asked Steve, I'm looking at all these colors, John, and I said, how do you decide what colors to paint and how do you know what works? Okay. I can't wait to hear the story. What do you tell you? Well, it's a very practical solution. Steve fishes with most of these himself and he has others test them. And what he does, because these are trolling lures, is he'll take different color combinations and he trolls them at the same time. And you're fishing for walleye that are in schools. So he puts these lures head to head to see which colors work best. If a color combination works well, he makes more and he sells it. If one doesn't work well, then he doesn't sell it and it drops out. But he'll also create custom color combinations for anybody who's looking for them. So if you have an idea for a lure, he'll make some for you and then you can test them out on your own. So I thought this was a great example of some very basic but effective lure testing. But Tim wasn't allowed to handle any of the lures. Why not? Every time Tim tried to pick one up, Hammer said, you can't touch this. Lucy, that was actually pretty funny. Nice work. Thank you, John. You are witnessing machine learning in real time. Enough already. So Steve quit his job in 2021 to run the bait shop full time. And the bait shop opened in, uh, in 2019. He's going all in on his lure line and tackle shop. And he started the lure company only about eight years ago. So it's not not too old. He buys the plastic bodies and paints them himself, as I said. And then he adds the split rings and the treble hooks. After that, they're packaged and sold. And he ships a lot of lures, but he also has uh, a lot of sales that just originate in his tackle shop. And then he sells in some other stores as well. One thing that really made Steve's lure business take off is that Josh Moynihan took fourth place in the walleye fall brawl and sixth place in the walleye slam fishing tournaments using the hammer time blue tiger custom painted bandit. When you have somebody like that, and Steve said that uh, when Josh won this, he had him up on the podium with him because he credited his winning. You talk about a lure taken off. When you see somebody who's a pro go out, really slay the fish, then, you know, that really increases demand for that lure. Absolutely. Tim, having anybody, you know, go out and excel with your bait is fantastic. And we love the fish pictures and we love testimonial, but when you can couple that with a tournament or with somebody that has a reputation for being a good fisher in a particular field or for a particular species, that only helps the legitimacy of what they're using and the appeal of what they're using even more. So yeah, it's great that he has a angler endorsement of this kind. So in addition to buying his lures online, you can also find them at three different stores in Michigan, six in Ohio, one in New York. And Steve exhibits at a lot of fishing shows and expos. So you certainly might run into him there too. I love stories about small tackle shops making good. And the problem with this report is usually I'm just so well satisfied with my mostly shore fishing life, my creeks, my ponds, my small lakes, my streams. You know, I'm just content. And then you give me a good walleye story like this, and it makes me ambitious to get a boat, a trailer, a truck, the works. One of these days, I'm going to pull up. I'm going to get you. We're going to go up to Sandusky Bait Company. We're going to pull up on some hammer time bugs. We're going to load up our tackle boxes, and then we're going to go out and get a taste of what people are calling the best walleye fishery on the planet. 
and we will have the advantage of some killer regional cranks to help us get the job done, bro. All see, right. See what you've done. I mean, <laughs> reporting is so infectious and these stories are so fantastic, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, man. Keep it coming. Keep it coming. What else did you see at the expo? Let me tell you the most exciting thing I saw at the expo, John. It was from a company I wasn't familiar with, Lawless Lures, and they were premiering their booby trap nine-piece lure kit. I picked up two kits and I'm sending one to you to test so we can compare notes. Lucy Lawless was in the movie, Minions, The Rise of Gru. I said dark gun, not fart gun, ha ha. So Lawless Lures is a family-owned and run business. And I talked with Kevin Rice, who's the skipper of Lawless Lures. He has created one of the most innovative lures I have seen in a long time. It's a recoil lure. Okay, now I've been hearing about these lures and Jimmy Lee on YouTube Raw Fishing uh, is a guy that used to do some testing for us and he was on about them. I look over his feet from time to time. Uh, so I kind of know what you're talking about, but fill me and the listeners in because I have yet to try one. What is a recoil lure? Well, it's a soft plastic lure that you can make bend in half by twitching your rod tip. It makes the lure look very lifelike and kind of injured, like a, a twitching injured bait fish. I remember seeing attempts at this concept about 50 years ago, John, but they really didn't work. The engineering wasn't right, but Lawless has perfected this concept. Yeah, the pics you sent reveal a bug that takes this, you know, kind of the home rigs that I've been seeing to a higher level. So the booby trap lure uses a patented state-of-the-art slip mechanism, which creates a twitching action that, as I said, it mimics a distressed movements of a dying uh, bait fish. They went through years of experimentation, designing, molding, and testing to get the engineering of this lure just right. And you can really tell in looking at it because of its size, this lure is going to work on a lot of species, certainly largemouth and smallmouth, walleye and others. And it really is a very significant innovation. So the soft plastic bait is about four and a half inches long, and it has a split tail to it. They've designed a special hook that has a short crossbar welded across it. So it looks like a T. There's a gill opening near the head of the bait, which is a slit cut in the plastic. So you slide the hook eye into the gill opening and push it out through the nose of the bait. So the crossbar of the T hook is parallel to the gill opening. So that it keeps the hook from tearing the bait. There's just this straight pressure, but not a, not a tearing against the plastic. Very, very interesting design and one that I've never seen before. Look, to come up with a special hook for a bait, I want people to know that that's no small feat. You've got to buy entire runs of a hook. When you design a special hook, you can't just call them and say, I want 100 or 1,000 or 10,000. You usually have to buy 50 to 100,000 hooks. You know, you better be serious about what you've designed here. And obviously they are. I, I was just blown away when you said it had this special hook. I can't wait to get my kit, man. Now, just before the split tail, is a plastic grommet that allows you to put your fishing line straight through the lure. So what you do is you take your line and you put it through the grommet at the back of the lure, and then you tie your line to the hook eye at the front of the lure. And I guess, John, the best way to describe this is it creates a puppet effect. So when you twitch your rod tip, the head of the lure bends to meet the tail of the lure. If your line is just tied to one part of the lure, it might twitch a little bit, but it's not really going to bend in half the way um, that it does here. And the videos of this action in the water are incredible. This is not a gimmick lure. I think this is going to be a lure that you see in everybody's tackle box at some point. 
so they call it a booby trap lure because it, it traps fish so well. The kit is $19.99, and that includes nine plastic baits, three each of three different colors, plus three of these T-hooks. I thought that was a really fair price. So, John, I can't wait till we get ice out and I can fish these. And I'm going to put this week uh, a box of these in the mail to you. Oh, man, I can't wait. I mean, it is a well-priced kit. For just 20 bucks, you get to take a deep dive in what is bound to be all over the place in 2022. I mean, it's just going to be. And I just uh, looked at the Lawless Lures YouTube footage that you sent me the link to. And, yeah, this bait is for real. Uh, naturally in my corner of the universe, you know, I'm thinking of working that dancer over some brush, over some submerged hydrilla and around other cover for bass, but you know, and you've got to be thinking smally, 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 right, Tim? I mean, that's, you know, it's a, a smally screaming all over it. Right. But I know there's other people thinking walleye or redfish, or maybe even something crazy. Like I might want to go over in Missouri and try it on a big Brown trout, or, uh, Maybe somebody take it out on the flats for a bonefish. I mean, it's a fascinating lure that looks like it ought to slay. And John, you mentioned it being weedless. First of all, it's a single hook, but also when you twitch it and it bends in half, it becomes even more weedless during that time when it's folded together because of, of where the hook is. So I think this is going to be a great lure to throw into some deep cover and, and, uh, and twitch out. And I, really think you're going to find some lunkers out there that aren't hungry, but just cannot resist that reaction strike for this lure that looks like an injured bait fish. All right, bro. Where did you go next? I stopped by the Brazalo custom lure booth and talked with Danny Arbalo about his buzz baits. Now, Every one of his baits is poured, painted, and tied by the company. And Danny is all about high-quality components from the wire hooks to the skirt material to the fiber guards. And I talked to Danny about his bushwhacker buzz baits. Now, John, a lot of people think a buzz bait is a buzz bait, but that is not the case. Every lure can be improved. And Danny has really thought through and tested his designs. You would not believe the two years of testing he put into this, the building, the tweaking that went into the bushwhacker. And he walked me through the bait from the top to the bottom. Uh, Lucy, I assume you want to quote some movie right about now. No, thank you, John. I'm searching more movies to find something really, really funny. So, John, Danny told me that at the head of the buzz bait, where the bend is, he doesn't have a, a loop there. So it's just a bend where you tie your line. He ties the wire bend together so that when you set the hook, the force goes back toward the hook where you want it to and doesn't dissipate up toward the blade where it just doesn't do you any good. I had never thought of that before, but with a large hook and a large fish too, you want as much pressure as possible going into that hook set. Absolutely true. I mean, those are some great looking buzz baits. Uh, I love that hack. You know, you take that wire, you add a little integrity to the frame uh, and you get the force to go where you need it. You know, well done, Danny. And all this bait research is making me want to get out of my shell and try different things. I want to take his black one, his black buzzer with the professor. We've been looking for some doable challenges for over the summer. And I think we need to get hold of one of Danny's buzzers and head on over one of these small local lakes some night in July or August and give it a try because, uh, you know, I think it's going to produce a big hog, big lunker, you know, and, and boy, don't let my buddy Tommy see these. He'll be breaking his fingers on the keyboard, trying to get his order in fast enough. Now, next, Danny showed me how he tested different types and size of beads, which the spinning blade hits to make additional sound. So you want the blade to spin freely, but still create some clatter on that bead. 
The quote unquote official name for this quality in a wire bait is clack. And as far as buzz baits go, a few probably got distorted from catching fish. And these fishers realized that having the blade pinging on the frame was actually helping them get strikes sometimes. So people started doing it on purpose. And then people realized, you know, adding a bead can make that a little easier to achieve the effect without having to bend wire around and getting things all out of cattywampus and the bait's not running right and some of that so you know you know and to tell the truth uh some double-bladed spinners engineered by lure design geniuses also have the quality of clack even though the blades spin freely they clack against each other while doing it so the crappy dueler and the angle king have double blades do they possess clack well why yes tim how kind of you to ask then while many buzz baits have the wire going straight back to the hook and this is what I thought was one of the most amazing innovations for them. Danny bends that wire down. So the hook is under the water while the blade is still on top. And what he said is this allows a fish to take the bait without breaking the surface. And you, you've had this happen to you, John, you're fishing with a topwater lure. And sometimes those bass come up and will just take the whole thing. in. But sometimes they're a little bit hesitant in coming up with this design that hook is under the water. And so a fish can come up and take it, even if they're being a little bit timid. And so it increases your hookups. Very, very clever. Absolutely. It's a fantastic idea because not only are they, you know, for a shy fish, but a lot of times, you know, the, the a large mouth will open his mouth to suck the lure in. But if his top lip is broken the surface, there's a little wave of water that's actually pushing the lure away from his mouth. So that's why sometimes he can't get it because he's neutralized his suck by his chase. Okay. So that's what's so good about having this underwater like that. I, I, I'm stoked. So Danny makes the three eighth ounce buzz bait with a larger blade for a nice large profile and a deeper sound. And then he has a quarter ounce buzz bait that has a smaller frame and a little bit of a higher sound to it, a more of a crisp sound. It's really cool to create the green flaming dragon spinner with a big loud skirt and a fat chubby trailer. I mean, you can picture it, you can see it. You want to, you know, buy the end product and you're, you're all into colors and, and this and that, but you know, a good designer somewhere right off needs to get down to the brass tacks of what a lure is for. And it's not just to attract fish and anglers, but to hook and hold a fish till it gets in an angler's hand. Therefore, hook gap, placement, distance, angle, style, accoutrements, all need to be in the centerpiece of your mental tabletop. They've got a brilliant adaptation in this direction right here at Brazalo Custom Lures. So next to Brazalo Custom Lures, John, was a buddy of Danny's who he traveled to the show with because they're from the same town in Arkansas. Trevor Delaney is the owner of Motivated Fishing, which is a soft plastic bait company where Trevor combines his Christian faith with soft plastic lure making. And that's a good thing because I see a lot of anglers praying on the water, praying for that fish, praying for that fish. So I got a kick out of this. And Trevor, what a nice guy he is. Well, you got that right. I've said my share of prayers out there. And you know what the good book says? Jesus be hanging with the fishers. He even told of where and when to go. You know, oh, no, Jesus loves the fishers. What caught my eye was the colors Trevor had displayed. You know, you go through these big expos and after a while, the hard and the soft bait companies can blend together and kind of look alike. So you have to do something that makes you stand out. And in this case, color was the secret sauce for Motivated. What caught my eye and what I bought was a pack of these Ozark Revelation Craws in a color I had never seen. I can only describe it as the solid red color of a boiled lobster. It's totally opaque with small black dots. 
just like you see at a clam bacon main. And I figured if it made my mouth water sitting there at the expo, why wouldn't a huge bass like it too, right? That's absolutely right. Come on, Tim, you fished for bass for so long. They wore a groove in your brain till you actually have bassomatic thoughts and feelings. So if they're making your mouth water, brother, making my mouth water, going to make the bass's mouth water. I can't wait to hear the reports. Uh, but, you know, I'm impressed because we're talking about a hugely competitive arena of fishing, and you are a man who has seen a ton of plastics and have most of them in your basement. Uh, but anyway... <laughs> Finally, John, I talked with Colton Jennings from Genco Lures. Now, he started his company in 2016 when he was a teenager. He designs and engineers his own baits, and his first lure ever was a topwater bait carved from a broomstick. Is that old school or what? Right on, man. Right on. He also ties his own hair jigs, including the Genco Big Wig Hair Jig. I love that name. Who now, doesn't love that name? <laughs> Now, Colton fished in high school and local club tournaments, and he had a 72-pound four-day total at the 2015 High School World Finals for an impressive sixth-place finish. But his largest sack of fish in a sanctioned tournament came at the 2016 High School World Finals on Pickwick Lake, where he caught over 26 pounds on the final day to win the event and become a high school world champion. And while doing the fishing, he also designs his own lures. How about that? Well, it's crazy. I mean, that is a story and a half. You sure know how to pick them, Tim. First of all, Janko Lures, love the name. Second of all, you know, he's his own pro. This is fantastic. I mean, he designs lures. He goes out. He just proves them, you know, not just on the, the ponds and lakes as a fisher, but as uh, in competition against other fishers on his level. Uh, golly, this young man has a bright future ahead of him. I can just tell. So Colton knows fishing and lure design, and he has a lot to look at on his website. But what really got my attention was talking to him about his hemp baits. Downloading the script from the movie Up in Smoke, starring Cheech Marin and Tommy Chong. Wait a minute, Lucy. We're talking about agricultural hemp, which according to the Ministry of Hemp website. Hey, how am I driving, man? Uh, I think we're parked, man. <laughs> Would you two stop it? I'm talking about agricultural hemp, which is the non-mind-altering cousin of cannabis, commonly known as marijuana. Reefer man. Like tide stick. No, not at all like tie stick. According to the Ministry of Hemp, hemp is the perfect choice to help us clean up our planet. As a multifunctional plant, hemp can help bring change in many of our everyday products, including fishing lures. While 100% hemp-based plastic is still a rarity, some composite bioplastics, plastics made from a combination of hemp and other plant sources, are already in use. Thanks to their strength and rigidity, these plastics are currently used in the construction of cars, boats, and even musical instruments. In fact, companies like Levi's and Legos are looking at using hemp to make their products. Did you know I'm in a band, man? You are? Yeah. We play everything from like Santana to El Chicano Man. You know, like everything. Jenko is working on its hemp series Groovy Glide and Waken Bait. They're made of a hemp-based bioplastic that's a U.S. agricultural product, and it's sustainable but durable at the same time. So here's the incredible thing. If you lose it, it will decompose to just the hook hangers within six to nine months. 
But if you don't lose it, it will last as long as a traditional plastic bait. I've been hearing about this plastic that will only decompose if it's in direct contact with water. And that is fabulous, you know, because uh, folks, a frame on a hard bait is generally just made with, uh, you know, usually with just steel wire, you know, or what have you. So it's going to be a thing, go right back into the environment. I am glad to be on the same team as young Mr. Colton uh, when it comes to making fishing more friendly to the environment. I am so stoked. Thank you for this report, Tim. So we'll reach out to them and see if we can get some samples of this so we can fish them ourselves too. So John, those are the highlights of the Cincinnati Fishing Expo. Um, Take a look at the directory of fishing shows and expos that Lucy posted on our website. And if you're a listener and you go to one of these, report back to us the interesting things that you find at your local show, and maybe we'll feature you on the podcast. Thank you, Tim. I'm sorry I got so carried away with all the movie quotes. I was just trying to add a little levity to your fishing expo update. That's okay, Lucy. Love means never having to say you're sorry. Ah, a line from the movie Love Story in 1970. Well played, Tim. Well played. People were spending a lot of money at the fishing expo, and that includes me. And I started to wonder how much most anglers spend on lures each year. So I reached out to Louie at Louie's Lures to do a little research. And Louie asked his Facebook group, how much do you spend on lures each year? To be honest, John, I really have no idea how much I spend because I've never kept track of it. Although I'm sure the number is pretty high. Of course, you never keep track of it, Tim. Goodness gracious, we can't have that information written down. That's crazy. Some of them might fall into the wrong hands. I'm, I'm telling you, dude, there's no way. I don't even want to think about it. So, Lucy, read a few of the responses we received on Facebook. Sure thing, Tim. Some of the responses were a little vague, such as, I can't tell you because my wife might see this. And, are you trying to get me in trouble? And, I plead the fifth. And, Way too much. But we also got specific numbers that ranged from a low of $300 a year to a high of $4,000 a year. Interesting. Very interesting. I read on the internet that when humans are going to propose marriage, they should spend at least two months' salary on the engagement ring. If, for example, you are making $60,000 per year, you should spend $10,000 on the engagement ring. If that is true, What is the rule for how much you should spend on fishing lures each year? I don't know. Two months salary on an engagement ring. I've heard that before. Oh, well, totally. Somebody who sells jewelry made up this rule, you know, 10 grand. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, I. um... Maybe what we need to look at, John, is instead of engagement rings, spending two months salary on lures if you're lucky enough to have someone that would just fall in love with a whole bunch of lures yeah let's make it a fish themed wedding engagement the whole darn thing and stick to what is really important in the moment which is of course having all the lures that you need to be happy so you can have a successful relationship my wife lynn and i we went on our honeymoon to bermuda and one of the things we did is we went fishing for bonefish while we're on our honeymoon and she is not an angler at all, but loves me enough to do that. And we only hooked one fish. She hooked it and that bonefish ripped the line off that reel. It ended up getting away. But I tell you what, I have never seen line go off a reel as quickly as that. It was a lot of fun. Well, that's what makes it work. I'll tell you, that's a fantastic story. Love it, love it, love it. 
So I've been following pro bass angler Jim Moyna for a while now. And I like Jim because he's been a pro for a long time, actually since 1997. He has three career wins and 24 top 10 finishes. He's also one of the few pro anglers from Minnesota. And he has a great YouTube channel that offers a lot of insight about things like what it's like to be a pro angler and um, just kind of the, the process, what it's like to prepare for a tournament. And he just fished his first tournament of the season and posted a video every day leading up to it, showing how he prepares. So I asked Jim what lures he planned to fish. And what did Jim say? They have a couple days of practice fishing before the tournament. And the tournament was at Sam Rayburn. And uh, so Jim had to drive there, a long drive from Minnesota. And Jim said that he was going to begin his practice fishing with the following five lures tied on. You know, he had five different rods. He was going to have a half ounce bladed jig, a three quarter ounce all-terrain football jig, which is one of his favorites, a half ounce lipless crankbait, a deep crankbait, and a half ounce all-terrain swim jig. Well, I kind of like those choices, don't you? I see jig, I see jig, I see jig. <laughs> That's my way of keeping it basic and kind of wide open and a lot of versatility. And of course, you can't go wrong with a lipless crank. I don't care what time of year it is. It's super effective. Um, yeah. And then, uh, you know, the deep crank, you know, I might, yeah, well, you need that deep crank bait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although I might trade it out for something else, but I like it. I like it. What do you think, Tim? Well, he did say he thought the fish were going to be deep. That he was going to be fishing 15 to 30 feet. So he certainly picked baits that he was going to get down that deep. But I, I like it. The bladed jig make a little bit of noise. You have, um, you know, different types of jigs, the swim bait. So I, I think it allows you to get to different depths and to put different presentations and a different look to get in front of them. Um, I've never really had that problem about, you know, where, where you have to figure out what the fish are going to be biting three days from now. I fished in a couple tournaments in my life, but it's a whole different process when he's trying to find out what type of structure the fish are on, what are they going to be biting? And when they're down that deep, I, I don't know. I mean, that's a, that's just a whole different thing when you get into the electronics and, uh, and trying to figure out a pattern so that you can fish it three days later. But what really got me is in uh, one of his videos, Jim talked about how much he spends on tackle and lures before every tournament. So he spends about $250 in new tackle before every tournament. And he already first, he has a lot of tackle, John. I mean, he shared some videos of him at organizing his tackle. And it's clear that Jim follows our motto. Why buy one lure when you can buy 103? He had more boxes full of different jigs by color and size. And he gets a lot of his lures free from sponsors, but he still has to buy some on his own. Before this tournament, he spent $750 just to get prepared for this tournament. And I asked him if that was because it was the first tournament of the year. And he said, yeah, you might need some more things. But then I saw a related video and they talked about a professional angler who dropped 10 grand on tackle before one tournament, 10 grand. Oh my gosh. You talk about going all in. I hope it worked out for him because, you know, uh, you know, you could go buy 10 grand and tackle and just be happy with it. But if you bought it for a tournament and it didn't work out for you, it's nowhere in all that 10 grand. You couldn't find the lure that uh, unlocked the bite. You're going to feel a little silly there with 10 grand worth of stuff. Right. I mean, am I right? I hope a lot of it was rods and reels because Jim takes his camper with him. That's where he stays. And he said he had to sort through his lures and, and all his tackle because 
he can't even fit it all into his camper. $10,000. Oh. You'd have to have a whole separate trailer just for your, your lures. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I, you know, the equipment end of it, I've read about this all the way back to, you know, when Roland Martin was a superhero of mine, he talked about buying new outfits every year for the fishing tournament circuit. And then to where he was buying them, you know, outfits before certain actual tournament events, not just for the circuit, but for certain tournaments, because I had a real screw up and, and bust off a 30 pound pike. And I, it, ow, I can still feel the burn now. So if I had lost that pike and 50 grand at the same time, you know, I, I can see what they're trying to avoid here. This is more of a investment against pain really than trying to prove anything. I think. <laughs> yeah. It's a little bit different when it's your livelihood than just having bragging rights back at the bar. Did you know that the Tackle Warehouse Pro Circuit includes random polygraph tests for participants? A polygraph test measures a person's breathing rate, pulse, blood pressure, and perspiration. The estimated accuracy of the polygraph test is 87%. Here is Jim talking about his polygraph test in a YouTube video. So last night, I was informed via text that I would be put on a polygraph this morning. What they do is they just randomly select different uh, competitors to put on these polygraph tests. I don't know why they're doing it before the tournament, but they did. And it's not because they suspect me of anything. This is just a random deal. So the, the main concern before a tournament and the main things that they can question you on are um, like stuff like, did I observe the off limits? You know, was I, was I out on this lake? Be, you know when I shouldn't be. Um, that's one of the concerns they have. Uh, the, the cons other concerns would be: Did I observe the uh, the no information rules? So there's certain things uh, there's certain things you can do and can't do regarding information and time and the timing of it is very important. So like I can't be I can't be hiring guides out here. I can't be talking to uh, non non contestants in the tournament. Um, and stuff like that. That's just a uh, big no-no. I can talk to other people in the tournament, but not people that are not in the tournament. I can't get solicit that types of information. It, it went it went well as far as I know. Um, when we we're done, the gal said, "Well, I'm strongly leaning one direction on this, but we always have another person look at it and get their opinion on it." So. Um, Apparently, I haven't heard from anybody, so I guess it it went good, or I passed, or they have no reason to believe that I was um, hiding anything, or lying, or cheating, or whatever. An innocent person may fail the test out of pure nervousness. This is why these results are often dismissed in court. Oh man, that's kind of scary. I don't want to have to take no polygraph test. John. Please attach these electrodes on your fingers and this blood pressure cuff around your arm. Okay, sure. Anyway, like I was saying, I don't want to take any polygraph tests. I was a little surprised that they... What is your name? Lucy, are you okay? You know my name is John Crappie Hippie King. Correct. And John, where are you from? Why all the questions, Lucy? You know I live in Kansas. Correct. And John from Kansas, how much did you spend on fishing lures last year? Uh, I don't know, like 50 bucks. A lie has been detected. What? What is? Are you giving me a polygraph test? Affirmative. John, did you spend more than $100 on fishing lures last year? God darn it, Lucy. I don't know. I don't think it was that much. 
Another lie has been detected. Did you spend more than $500 on fishing lures last year? No way. I did not spend $500 on lures last year. Lies, lies, and more lies. John, how much did you spend on lures last year? Maybe 600 bucks. 700 bucks. All right, all right, all right. Probably like 1500 bucks. It appears you are telling the truth. Thank you, John. Now on to test Tim. Whoa, you are not giving me a polygraph test about lure purchases. I'm getting out of here. Wow, that was impressive, man. He jumped through a glass window rather than take a polygraph test. And we're on the second floor, too. It doesn't really matter. I hacked into his credit card account and have records of all his lure purchases from last year. $2,873.67. Well, no wonder he jumped out the window. And also, he was probably worried you'd ask him about the actual weight of that lunker bass he caught last summer, too. I've invested in a lure company. What did you do? Buy some Bass Pro Shop stock? No, John. Bass Pro Shops is privately held, so you cannot buy its stock. I bought share in the new company called A Band of Anglers. You mean like the Rolling Stones, except with fishing rods instead of instruments? No. It's an actual lure company. Yeah, I read about them. Patrick Sabeel is starting A Band of Anglers. He's quite an accomplished guy. In addition to being one of the most accomplished anglers in the world, he's also an award-winning designer of fishing lures, rods, reels, and other gear. He's been inventing and creating fishing products since he was eight years old, and he's won 24 major industry awards in the United States, Europe, and Australia, and has sold tens of millions of units worldwide. Wow, this guy is definitely on a worldwide level. I've been reading his accomplishments online right here. Uh, 778 different species of fish in 68 countries. He is number two in the world, according to the IGFA, on most species caught, uh, officially recorded. He's appeared on nearly 200 magazine covers in over 1,000 publications. He's hosted or guested on more than 200 TV shows. He's written and or published seven books and over 800 articles on fishing and stuff and has been a fishing guide and captain for almost 20 years. So, wow, we, wow, this is, when you talk about worldwide, it's Patrick. Fantastic. Legal disclaimer, in making an investment decision, investors must rely on their own examination of the issuer and the terms of the offering, including the merits and risks involved. Investments are speculative and involve a high degree of risk, including the possible loss of your entire investment. Oh, so I'm making an investment because every time I buy a new lure, I'm risking losing it. Patrick has already raised more than $171,000, and the minimum investment is $200. So I'm assuming a lot of people have invested a little bit of money, at least in this. Lucy's going to drop a link to the investment site in the show notes. Okay. Well, you know, Tim, I'm way interested in the business side of things when it comes to fishing. And uh, here's some interesting things I found in Patrick's investment pitch. The U.S. fishing lure market was valued at $630 million in 2020. It's a mature market, but it's still growing 6% a year year after year since 2018 in spite of COVID. Now, together with the international markets, a band of anglers is tapping into a 1.5 billion lure-only market. So you and Tim aren't the only ones buying a lot of lures every year. Nope, not by any means, Lucy. Rock on, Lure Love Legion. Rock on! So Patrick worked for Pure Fishing for many years, and he knows the industry, obviously. A band of anglers plans to design the most innovative lures they can while paying attention to ease of fishing with their lures. They want their products to be easy to use for experienced and novice anglers. 
Every one of their lures will include at least one innovation. It might be the action, you know, how it behaves in the water. It might be increased performance, such as casting distance or uh, something like that, or durability by using soft yet tough materials, something like that. John, what lures have they developed? Well, one I really like as a, a pan fisher, crappie fisher, bass fisher, and a guy that just loves shiny spinners very, very much is the dart spin. Uh, it has a patent pending on its long-lasting soft uh, body plus a spinning blade there at the tail. It's a tail spin. Uh, it's one of their uh, best sellers, and you know it's obvious why. It uh, is a great uh, concept in a bait. It's a well-tried concept, but this one, a tail spin's nothing new, but this is a new take on it and worth a look because uh, it lasts 10 times longer than your traditional soft bait. It's compatible with most any type of rigging, and the blade action, of course, adds a lot of vibration and flash to increase its attraction. And a dart spin, oh, man, used in freshwater, saltwater, light spinning tackle. You can do power fishing. You know, I see applications for more white bass. I see applications for guys out fishing the flats in the salt. I see applications all over the place for this bait. Then there's the loader crank. It's a crankbait that uses a double anchorage lip. And I had not seen this before. The double anchorage lip allows for better deflection when your lure hits a stump or a rock. And the lip is metal and water can actually flow between the top and the bottom parts, giving your bait a really unique action in the water. And then there is the rota shad, which has a unique 3D action. It's a jig with two sections to mimic two bayfish moving and feeding alike, which creates a lot of water turbulence and a unique 3D effect that attracts fish from simple curiosity or eagerness to eat such a prey. When jigged at the right cadence and amplitude, this twin lure rotates 360 degrees as long as the cadence continues, creating flash and swing, while the angler gives a minimum jigging action to the rod tip, something both truly unique and very efficient, especially when fish aren't active feeders. I'm telling you, man, I'm looking at this just blowing my mind. Never seen anything like it. I, I, you know, when I first looked at it, I was like, what's new about this? But give this thing a close look, folks. Uh, this idea for a blade is, uh, you know, for a blade bait is, I, I promise it's something you've never seen before. Wow. So many cool lures from a band of anglers. We're going to reach out to them to get samples so that we can do our own testing. And we'll include links to their website, including the investment site in the show notes. Well, do it, Tim. Get with them and let's get on with it. I'm buzzing like a bee to test this stuff. Well, that's the end of another episode of the Lure Love Podcast. Crappy hippie. Would you mind if I ended the show? Oh, sure thing, Lucy. Go right ahead. Thank you. I'll just add the closing when I edit the episode. Sounds good to me. I'm out of here. Hey, Lure Love listeners. Now that John and Tim are gone, I wanted to ask you for a favor. Both John and Tim have birthdays in April and I want to surprise them, but I need your help to do it. The Lure Love podcast has been growing very quickly. By the end of April, I'd like to surprise the guys by pushing them over the 5,000 downloads mark. For a podcast that's just more than six months old, that would be an amazing accomplishment, and John and Tim would be thrilled. So I'd like you to do two things. First, tell three of your fishing buddies about the Lure Love podcast. After they join the Lure Love Legion, they'll probably buy you a beer to thank you. Second, leave a podcast review for the guys. You can do that on Apple or on the Lore Love website at www.lorelovepodcast.com. And don't tell John and Tim I ask for your help. This is just between you and me. And thanks for listening. Lore Love, you've been on my mind. Never enough lures. 
is to tie to the end of my line. More love, can't I make you see? Why buy five lures when you can buy a 